Sat Nam. I'm Guru Prakarmakar. Guru Singh and I travel the world, loving to meet an ever-growing global community. We are appreciative of your vital role on this planet, for it is your willingness to be here and listen that calls forth wisdom, that activates our collective voice in service. Your questions bring forth the answers. For a wealth of information about who we are and what we do, please visit gurusingh.com. Bless you. Satnam. We're going to cover four things today. We're going to cover the blood circulation, the lymph circulation, death, and whether or not this planetary alignment will make us weightless at 9.47. We'll test it out. Everything in this material form works in cycles. The way we breathe is a cycle. What we breathe is a cycle with plant life. What we eat is a cycle with plant life. And life itself is a cycle. And we go through these cycles until we're liberated from a particular dimension of cycles and then we go into a larger dimension which we have no idea exactly what that is. after the cycles. And this is, represents our earthly cycles. And this area under here is the area in which we are covered by skin or fur or bark or mineral. We go through a cycle. We have 8.4 million pre-human incarnations. We have 84,000. These are round figures human incarnations. The equation is constantly being modified based on your activities. But your destiny, as it's being modified, has a target. It just depends on whether or not you have to stop at red lights or not. Hmm? You're still going to go to the store but maybe you get all green lights, maybe you get all red lights. It'll just depend on the timing sequence of how you go through life. People that come into this room, that fill this room, Yogi Bhajan said, you're in your final lifetime. If you make your way to this room, you're in your final lifetime. And of course you have an opinion about that, <laughs> which is your story. 
But what's going to happen in your lifetime is that you're going to do certain things in which that opinion becomes modified. We did an exercise in teacher training yesterday where we could imagine our liberation. Because every single one of us that's in this room, and I speak for all of us, you know, you're supposed to speak for yourself, well, blow that out. I speak for all of us in that we have all had the experience in our life at some point in time where we felt infinite. We felt vast. Maybe it was when we were two years old. Maybe it was when we were one month old. Maybe it was when we were ten years old. Maybe we've been feeling that way every month since then. It doesn't really matter, but that is who we are. Because we are the masters that are required on the planet at this time in order to lift it out of what it's involved in. And that's why Yogi Bhajan came to the West. That's why this entire teacher training program has been set up. For those of you in the room that have already graduated, or you're those of you in the room that are involved, or those of you in the room that are just in the room. We're all teachers. We're all teachers. And what happens is that in between the lifetimes, there's a period of processing. So you're in this area here, you're in body. Uh, Namdev, a saint from India 600 years ago, was a tanner. He was an untouchable. He was the lowest caste. It's a stupid system. And he was an enlightened master, and he called us the skin wearers. Huh? Human beings are the skin wearers, because when you dip out of... You just put on a, you just put on a glove. And in the womb, you go through all of the processes, all of the asanas, in order to feel the fullness of your body glove. When you leave the body, that's all you leave. The most remarkable thing about when you die, so to speak, is that you don't. You just take off the glove. And there you are. Now, in that moment, in that moment, you have the opportunity to reach back for the glove. We have one minute before we have to stand up and all jump. We're going to try it out. I mean, what better deal than having that occur in the middle of a yoga class? And you come out of your skin, and if you reach back for your skin, Right? You lose your arc. And you will reach back for your skin and reach back for your skin and reach back for your skin and reach back for your skin until you have a lifetime in which you go, ha! Because it's not a, you don't like the skin. Because you can't get out of the skin by not liking the skin. You can only get out of the skin by fully utilizing the skin and then being ready for the next phase. Can everybody please stand up?
Okay. Just jump. Yeah, we knew it was false. <laughs> Sit back down. There's all these planets lining up and astronomers thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe. But don't they realize that electromagnetism and gravity are two completely different forces? Anyway, we did it. Maybe you had an experience. <laughs> now, interesting, when people gather together, like we gather together, right? We're tribal. We're tribal in our incarnations, and especially family and bloodlines. And that's why they're so irritating. You know, family can be some of the most challenging thing on, in, in life, because what happens is we go... And sometimes we're the mother, sometimes we're the father, the son, the daughter, the sister, the brother, the auntie, the wife, the husband, and we go through these things and we're like, every time we come in, the memory gland is crushed, we forget everything that previously happened, and here we are in this lifetime, as we should be, fulfilling this lifetime, and we look at each other and we go, do I know you? Which is an absurd question, because we are you. Isn't that true? See the other person? <coughs> On December 30th, a young man, a 25-year-old young man that I had taught at Midi Pity Academy for years and years and years, and is the son of some of our dearest friends in uh, New York, uh, was uh, his wife of a year and a half was uh, is one of the coordinators of Satnam Fest and Satnam Fest is on the East Coast and on the West Coast and also in Mexico and they were down in Mexico in Tepozatlan um, for the Satnam Fest and he went out for a hike on December 30th and never came back and so they sent out search parties. There was helicopters, a massive search effort, search dogs, helicopters, and, and all. And what happened with these, these mountains are extremely, um, extremely rugged and uh, lots of cliffs and lots of, um, lots of big falls. And what happened was he reached the end of his incarnation. Hmm? He took a fall, he died instantly, or so, so to speak, he left his body instantly. And um, what happens, and, and he, I worked with him for the last two years every week because he was the executive assistant on a, on a board that I'm on. And, you know, they always say that, you know, the really good ones, you know, there's always those sayings about the really good ones and all that. I'm not going to elaborate, but um, this was one of those really, really good ones, you know? We're all really, really good, and then there's some that, you know, you just, they're just like, whoa. Like, when we had testimonies the other night at the memorial, people were saying, 
and he was my, and we were best friends and other people were saying well I thought we were best friends and <laughs> then everybody realized that everybody was best friends with this person and um, the beauty and the tragedy combine in the single moment and it creates a completely illogical event. And when an event is illogical, you have to realize that half the universe isn't logical at all. In other words, we're trying to use our five sense system in four dimensions, three dimensions of space and one dimension of time to explain something that is inconceivable with five senses. The ability to live in the bridge between five senses, three dimensions of space, one dimension of time, and the dimensions that are beyond that the ability to live in that bridge is what masters teach. It's what Yogi Bhajan brought in this technology of Kundalini Yoga. It's what Patanjali's was assembling in 600 AD to assemble all of the knowledge and wisdom that had occurred over tens of thousands of years, much of it pre literate, right? Pre, -lang uh, not language, but pre, um, the pre-written word, right? And then written 5,000, 5,500 years ago when languages started. Do you know why they started writing it down? Because writing, writing down teaching is very inaccurate. Because you write down the teachings and then somebody picks up the writing and reads it and starts to practice it. Whereas before that, it was a pure oral tradition in which the master and the student would constantly be working with each other and the student would never get anything incorrect because the master was always right there. Why did they start writing it down? Because in the barbaric tendencies that were taking place on earth, the invasions and, the, and all that was taking place, right? what was happening was the most knowledgeable were always being killed first. Because when you kill off the most knowledgeable, you can kill off the masters and the teachers and then you can subjugate the people because you can dumb them down. And that's the way it is with every conquering force. And so 5,000 years ago as the Aryans were coming into India, the bottom line was is that they had to write this stuff down because they knew that it was going to be lost. And so the written replaced the oral tradition. And these teachings were teaching, are teaching, that's what you're learning, how to be in that transcendent state. How to be able to be in body and also be in light which is what enlightenment means. To be in body and be in light. To be able to access the other side so that when it's your time to go, you're, yes, done, we're good. Rather than, oh no, don't want to go. 
You have to be able to do that. And it's what Guru Nanak said, be dead while yet alive. Which sounds morbid to people that are thinking, you know, it means just lie down and do nothing. <laughs> but what it means is be in that transcendent state. And throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia, the misinterpretation, the misinterpretation of what it means to be enlightened and masterful was that you wanted to ignore your body and that's not what we want to do. We want to fully utilize our body, fully utilize our emotions, fully utilize our devotions, fully utilize our mental bodies, fully utilize the entire mechanism and be in a transcendent state so that we can experience what is beyond all of this in five senses, three dimensions of space, and one dimension of time. Now, mourning, grief, is honest. It's natural. And what has to happen in grief and in mourning is that you have to understand that it is the physical body, the emotions that are stored in it, and the memories and anticipations of the mental body having to reconfigure in relation to that being. And what happens is that the body is shedding the old relationship and in that shedding, grief is what it is, how it expresses itself. The process is very real. We've all had people in our world very close to us, relatives, loved ones, good friends, who have gone before us. Just remember, the only thing that has happened, and these are Yogi Bhajan's words, is they just took off their visible shirt and now they're invisible to the five senses in the three dimensions of space and the one dimension of time. And what you have to do is you have to allow for whoever you've worked with, whoever you've been close to, you have to allow that grieving to take place so that you can allow the new relationship to take place. And that's a higher frequency of existence where you actually have a relationship, a real tangible relationship with that which is no longer wearing the skin. Hmm? As Namdev called us, the skin wearers, right? And what happens is that the longing to connect, which feels very sad, the longing to connect, and you know, we interpret these things as sad, bad, grief, not, you know, just get over, you know. No, sad isn't bad. Sad is just the sensation of that longing 
to connect with that which you're not quite able to connect with yet. And if you continue the longing, the longing develops the capacity to connect. And every one of our emotional processes has a purpose. And that grieving and longing and all of that is part of the natural purpose of releasing what was in order to connect to what is. Does that make sense? So we've done two out of the four things. We failed at weightlessness. We succeeded at understanding the process of a call, which means that there is no such thing as death. And now we're going to work with two systems which are fluid systems. One is lymph and the other one is blood. And the interesting thing about these two systems is they both feed the same thing. What they both feed, or what stimulates them both, is self-value. People call it self-worth, but it's used so much that I'd rather use a different term that makes you go, what's that? You know, because self-worth is kind of like people already have their definitions. That Self-value. Your lymph system is connected specifically to your autoimmune system. And the way that you circulate your lymph is by putting pressure in areas of your body. Massage is great for lymph. Stretching, yogic stretching is great for lymph. The bandhas are great for lymph. We'll do Sat Kriya. That's one of the best Kriyas to move lymph. Yogi Bhajan used to, I used to hate this thing. He used to give us this exercise where you make fists of both hands and you cram them under your armpits and then you got to do this, you know. We're not going to do that today because it's, it doesn't happen to be in this set, you know, but it was just like every time he'd say, okay, we're going to move some lymph, I'd go, do I have something else to do, you know? Because it hurts. It doesn't hurt if you do it softly, but when you have him standing over you, you've got to do it quite hard and it really hurts. The autoimmune system protects what do you protect in your world? Do you protect something that you value or you protect something that's meaningless? And do you put more protection on something if you value it even more? And that is exactly what the autoimmune system is a registration of. The autoimmune system is a registration of self-value. And so what you want to build you want to build this inspiration about how incredible it is to be you. Isn't it just fantastic being you? Huh? I mean, when you don't think about it. Because when you think about it, there's all kinds of words that come in, you know. 
What the hell does that mean? <laughs> but when you don't think about it, at the core of our existence is ease. Don't you enjoy ease? Freaks you out because you're used to struggle, but every once in a while, ease is really wonderful, isn't it? Most people, the moment they feel ease, they go, what's wrong here? <laughs> Ever been around those people in you? <laughs> yeah. We all do it to ourselves. You know, what's wrong here? You say, okay, stop goofing off, right? Emotional joy. Physical ease, emotional joy, right now, right now. You have trillions of cells that are reproducing. The act of reproduction is ecstatic. A cell loves itself so much, it says, I love myself so much, I'm going to make another of me. And the only way that it can happen is through that love. Another of me. And, oh, and that's going on inside. And you got some busy things to take care of. You can't be bothered with that nonsense. Yeah? That's why we spiritual beings get this, you know, this title of woo-woo. Because if anybody that was saying that, I mean, just say the word, woo, woo. Doesn't that feel good? In the innocence of childhood, to say that word, you would say it over and over. You'd drive your parents crazy, right? Woo, 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 woo. Yeah? Because cause you were innocent. You were experiencing the ease and the joy. And in that ease and joy, you have what's called knowing. And knowing is very, very connected to innocence. Innocence is a knowing. Why does a young child, a young infant, get so much attention? Because it knows it will. And what does school teach you? You don't know anything. You have to learn it. Which is completely incorrect. What we do at our school is we go, let me show you what you already know. But the reason I'm going to show it to you is so that we can talk about it in a common language. So the act of teaching is actually the act of connecting. And the spiritual end of that is liberation. So it's ease, joy, knowing, and liberation. And that is taking place 24-7 in every cell of our body. That has value. That has exquisite value. And what we need to do in our meditations is get in touch with that so that we end up having this incredible sense of value. When we have this incredible sense of value, 
we increase the strength of our autoimmune system. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Emphasis added. That's, that happens on occasion. Have you ever been in here before? When it's, it's just like maybe once every two or three months. The fact is that you are exquisite. You are masterfully exquisite. And now, in this lifetime, having gone through so many, you're ready. And you're able. What's the third piece? Willing. Willing. So you have to get your energy into your heart into your circulation, because the heart is the will. The brain is the duality, the thought, should it be this or that? The heart is going, either one, we're going for it. And that's why the combination of the brain and the heart and circulation are so valuable. Your circulation takes the peptides and hormones from your glands and organs and circulates them through the limbic system of the brain. And the limbic system of the brain analyzes that and determines what emotion you are experiencing and then will try to examine why you're experiencing that. And this happens in faster than a snap of a finger. Wouldn't it be great if you stretched into your body gloves so your lymphatic system was giving your, the glands and organs so much sense of worth and value that they were just going, this is good, this is cool, this is really good. We'll watch out for that over there, but we won't let it completely overtake us. We'll just keep knowing that that over there is not really what we need, and we'll just keep... And all of a sudden, your system is in this incredibly exquisite state of liberation. Circulation, a blood, lymph is for the autoimmune, blood is for your nourishment. And wouldn't you feed those that you love, those that you care for? And so the more you love and care for self, the more your circulation is doing for you what you would do out here. So what's within is without. So circulation of blood is the nourishing of the being. And circulation of lymph is the protecting of the being. And both of them, both of them are about the value of the being because you'll feed it more properly if you value it, and you will protect it more properly if you value it. And it's not value-like, and that's why I didn't want to use self-worth, because self-worth, self-worth is this thing which is, this thing which is, mm -mm. this thing that is way crazy-making. Self-worth is this thing which we have this intellectual attitude as to what it is. Self-value. Really important, isn't it? 
Because the moment your value of self is equal to what the self is, there's a connection. A connection of consciousness to true self. And that's what is always the saints and sages throughout history have called the true marriage. The marriage of your life and how your life unfolds to the actual fact of who you are. Do you ever get to that place in a day, a week, a month, a year where you're really lined up that who you know you are is really connected to who your doing being is and who your knowing being is and who your feeling being is? And when those things are not lined up, you don't feel, you don't feel good, do you? And did you know that not feeling good is good? Why is not feeling good good? Because it's an indication, isn't it? All not feeling good is, is just a gauge on the dashboard of your life saying, oil's a little bit low, or gasoline is a little bit low. When you don't feel good, it's nothing to freak out about. It's just, ah. Let me check out and see what that gauge is actually saying. So you go in, you open up the hood, we talked about yesterday, right? Lifting up the hood of life, seeing what it is. What is life? Hmm? What is life at this moment? And how is this not good feeling registering? What is out of alignment? Now, because what's normal is like complete misalignment, correct? The moment you start getting aligned, you get weird, right? You get weird in relationship to normal, correct? And then because there's these trigger words that they will use on you, what are you, involved in a cult? My answer for 45, 50 years has always been when somebody, are you involved in a cult? Uh Uh-huh. It's really a good one too. <laughs> because I know, I know if they're inclined away from me, that'll scare them away. And if they're inclined toward me, they'll want to know more. Because all cult is, is just a fabrication of a word from culture, which is a fabrication of a word from cultivate. How do you develop anything? You cultivate it. Right? So the idea of this cult thing and these people that, you know, drinking Kool-Aid and all that, blah, blah, blah. That's just ignorance expressing its fear. What you are is you're cultivating the master that you are. The master that you are is that high value occupant inside of your being. Hmm? That really high-value occupant. That doesn't matter anything about what your chronological history is. Your chronological history has very little to do with this. Your chronological history is just one component. Let me ask you this. Has anybody ever eaten a piece of cake? 
Please raise your hand if you have. Thank you. When you ate the piece of cake, did you ask what exactly was the container this cake was baked in? Did you ever ask that question? Maybe you didn't want to eat it if it was baked in aluminum, but we're not there. We're just, we know aluminum shouldn't be used, so we don't use it. But did you ever ask what the cake was baked in? So the essence of life is the essence. What's life baked in is the chronology of life. But the life is baked in. Is the cake good? No, the cake is cake. The opinion determines whether it's good. And if an opinion says it's good, is it universally good? No. My wife makes the best gluten-free pancakes in the universe. We brought the stuff to India like 10, 12 years ago because we were going to bake for the kids at the school that just love pancakes. We fed pancakes to the Indians and they thought they were stupid. <laughs> the kids were gobbling them down and the Indians thought they were stupid. Why did the Indians think they were stupid? Because they have flatbreads that look like pancakes all the time and they were picking them up and they were falling apart in their hands and they go, this, this doesn't work. Because <laughs> Indians eat all their food with a flatbread, yes? So it's not universal that something is good. So you look at your life, the chronology of your life, and you have these opinions about what's good and what's bad. And they create this actual, this actual side issue which takes you away from value, which takes you away from the nourishment of the circulation of your blood and the value of the lymph and your autoimmune system. So every single day in the morning, I want you to sit down and I want you to understand that there are two fluids that are flowing through this vessel that are actually determined by your sense of who you are. One is your circulation of blood and the other is your circulation of lymph. And I want you to sit for a few moments every single morning and just get a sense. I mean, because you've got all this stuff going on in this mental world, right? Let it go for a moment. It'll come back. It'll still be there. And you just get really basic. My blood is my nourishment. My lymph is my protection. And if you want to increase the value of both of them, drink sunlight chlorophyll vegetables. What does that boil down to in real talk? Green juice. Drink, uh -huh. <laughs> drink green juice because leafy vegetables are the best for the spleen and the spleen is the decider 
as to what blood cells, white and red, will be kept and what, what will be released. If, you have an, if you're indecisive, it means your spleen is weak. Because the spleen is the decision maker. Over two million decisions per beat of the heart. And every single day you must stretch several times. Big time stretch. Okay? So you'll sit with it. You'll get in touch with it. You'll honor it. And then you'll stretch into it. Is a deal? Because this is how the circulation of blood and the circulation of lymph serves the value of who you are. And the value of who you are is priceless, regardless of its experiential chronology. The self that is you, the true you, is so exquisite. In the moment of death, you actually face the true you and the difference between what you think you are and the true you of what you are is either in that moment forgiven by your consciousness. In other words, you forgive your consciousness for not thinking of yourself in that high a value. Or you have to redo the difference in a new life, and you're not going to do that. You're liberated, you're masterful, you're enlightened. And you're just uncovering the fact the truth in this lifetime through your lymphatic circulation of protection, autoimmune, and your blood circulation of nourishment. We keep our vessel in its top condition so that we can fulfill that destiny because in fact the self is enlightened. Bless you for joining us. Visit gurusing.com for an ever-expanding archive of lectures, videos, yoga sets, meditations, and more.